You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to the Top 25 Under 25, a new episode. And I'm very, very happy to be able to welcome Bridget Sands from Harvard, from the Harvard Crimson, senior at Harvard. And I'm feeling very, very low key here because I only went to like top 20 university in the world and you're going to like the top five. So <laughs> you're, you're the smart one here. You're on FanDuel as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, it's been a really cool opportunity to follow the Harvard men's hockey team for the last two seasons. And um, anytime anyone has any questions about any of the guys, I'm more than happy to reach out and share my, I wouldn't say expertise, but um, kind of experience with them. Well, you're an expert. You're, you're there. <laughs> what are you majoring in? Um, I major in applied mathematics with data science, and then I have a minor in computer science. Uh, that explains what you did last year when you were with the uh, baseball analytics staff, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Geology here. You know, I used <laughs> R a little bit, but not more than that. We're going to talk about number 15 on our list, Sean Farrell. You've seen him from in close and, and for a long time. What can you tell us that maybe we don't know that follow Montreal Canadiens? Yeah, um, Sean is an incredible player and also incredible human being. Um, nicest guy on and off the ice. Always the most welcoming when I have the simplest or um, more complex questions after the games. And when I see him out and about on campus, always says hi. Um, I'm sat. I as soon as we lost in the playoffs to um, Ohio State in the first round this year. Um, I was immediately sad because I knew that he and uh, four other people actually on our team would go sign immediately and that would be the end of his Harvard career. But um, I think everyone kind of knew coming into the season that he would turn pro at the end. So we kind of savored it. And what a season he's had. Amazing. The highlight reel has been going all over Twitter. What, what stands out to me, because I watched quite a bit of it, I didn't realize how good of a playmaker he was. Oh, yeah. Sean was our first, um, our top left wing on the team. And um, he played on the first line with uh, Zachary Carpa in the center when he was healthy. He had some injury issues, so he wasn't as consistent in the lineup. Zach is uh, the incoming cap, one of the two in incoming captains of the team and a prospect of the New York Rangers, as well as uh, the right wing of Matthew Coronado of the Calgary Flames. Um, something that I think goes unnoticed with the Harvard roster is a lot of the guys have done um, juniors, obviously, but with that have done juniors for the USHL Chicago Steel. And um, Matthew Coronado and Sean Farrell were two guys who played together on the Chicago Steels. And so during this COVID year, they had that experience of bonding. And now they also probably, uh, they also are both from the Northeast and are not unfamiliar with each other, but um, the true chemistry and dynamic duo that Farrell and um, Coronado ended up developing is almost unmatched in collegiate hockey. It's they, they knew exactly where they were going to be on the ice all the time. And if, if Farrell wasn't the ECAC MVP, I think that um, Matt Coronado was definitely in the running. So the two of them were an unbelievable duo that 
always had each other's backs and knew how to set each other up for the success of the other. Really, really interesting. We know another part of, of, of a dynamic duo, what happened at the draft when, when uh, Farrell was picked and Cole Caulfield just went, that's the steal of the draft. And, oh, and yeah. he's risen out of the, uh, of the ashes, really, into the Montreal fans' knowledge as well. Um, looking at, at Farrell, we got the playmaking. The hand-eye coordination is fantastic. He can use his hands and wrists from in close. So it's always a danger. It's not, he, he can really lift the puck from, from short distances straight up. Mm-hmm. And, and he gets there with his fantastic skating. Uh, oh yeah turns is something that you see edges is something that you see has he been working a lot on that after practices or specialized evening practices well so sean is unique in the way that in the last year and a half he's had an incredible amount of unique experiences this is last year he was a sophomore in college but got selected to play for the United States in the Olympics. Um, And then after the Olympics and returning back for um, the end of our season and leading his team alongside Coronado and um, a couple others, um, sorry, last season, as in 2022, he was uh, then selected to represent the United States again at the Worlds. Um, And then he had another year of Worlds this year. So here's a kid who has played a bunch of collegiate hockey, but has also gotten the exposure of USA development more than most. And so he's been able to see the contrast of a collegiate kind of playmaking versus a more advanced, not not more advanced because Coach Gennato is one of the best coaches in NCAA hockey. He has so much care and consideration for his team but it's a different perspective when you're bringing in guys, when you're developing a team over a year versus picking out players for weeks at a time for representation for Team USA. And Farrell's had the contrast of these different experiences and different practices. So he's been able to kind of figure out what he can do to develop his skills to put him over the top relative to other players. And the big question with Sean is, his height right and this is a way that he's kind his skating is a way that he's kind of been able to not I, I hesitate to say make up for it but there are some bigger guys in the league and in general and his maneuver his uh gracefulness skating and what he can do with his skates and how he just he glides every he, he's a, a beautiful skater <laughs> um but that is really how he kind of makes up for like the question of like his size. Yeah. His size, obviously he's always played against players that has been bigger though. So for him, it's not much of a change. The the change will probably be the tempo and the power and, and the fact that these guys have played in the league for 10 years or, or five years and gotten adapted to it. And, and skating will be one of the huge parts that he will survive in that league. Oh, totally. I think it's a, big advantage for him and um I think that people won't really expect it I mean you kind of even saw in like his first few weeks with the Habs um at the end of last season he was all over the ice and um even with his first goal it was he he was able to create an isolation for himself and he got a lucky tip off of uh 
I, I I'm forgetting the goalie's name, but um, his pads into the back of the net, but um, he he got there. He created that opportunity with his skating, um, by getting that advantage and uh, kind of taking his opponents off guard with his like quickness and slyness. Looking at at something that usually is is being hampered upon when it comes to smaller players is their defensive game and, and how will they be able to face these big forwards he's a great four checker in the offensive zone he can use his hands to to steal the puck and 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 poke check oh, yeah. away the puck but but how do you see how has he matched up with college players who's also a fair bit bigger some and, and some of them are seniors as well in, in the defensive zone yeah so harvard had one of the top power kills or penalty kills um in collegiate hockey last year and um look we had some really great defenders on our team henry thrun who um, made his debut with the san jose sharks at the end of the season he was our captain last year or one of our captains last year um and our power kill was very very skilled but just as sean is fast his stick handling and his ability to kind of get his stick in places where a player might not expect gives him the upper hand as well. So the combination of his speed and stick handling, his stick handling kind of um, creates an element of surprise defensively that um, might take some players off guard. Um, he knows how to forecheck for sure and is not afraid to hit. But um, I think his 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 upper hand will be the stick handling and um, speed. He played with the Habs just a couple of uh, games at the end of the season. We're looking towards a season with a lot of players on the NHL contracts and needs waivers to go down to the AHL. Obviously, Farrell doesn't. Would you think it's a loss for him to start in the AHL rather than the NHL? Or is it just a part of his development in his mind? I don't know. I think that the Habs... Look, the Habs didn't have the season that they wanted to last year. This year, they've made some improvements relative in the offseason to get them into a better place than they were last year. Sean made his debut for the Habs for a reason last year, right? I think that his end goal is obviously to be a consistent player in the NHL. And I think he will do whatever that means, whatever it means to like make that happen. Um, he is a very determined player. He takes, he and Coronado would take practices very, very seriously. Um, and he will, I'm confident he will have the same approach to, um, his upcoming professional season. Um, and just because he isn't, I mean, he's had some unexpected picks. He'll say it himself. He didn't expect to be picked for the Olympics. He didn't expect to be picked for the world's roster that first year, but he was, and that's because of his talent and his mindset. And I think that he will bring the same kind of approach. He just wants to make himself better um, relative to his goal. And that, that will happen, which I'm, I'm confident he will end up contributing to the Montreal Canadiens, um, whether it's this year on the on the uh, NHL roster or in the years to come. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. 
Wow, great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. I'm stealing this quote from from the hockey writers, and I'm going to read it, and and you can agree, and and you you most likely will agree. Uh, Sean Farrell, to me, is a very heady player. He's phenomenal. He knows how to read the ice. He's playing chess, and everyone else is playing checkers. For me, this guy is going to be very, very special. He thinks the game. He has elite tools, like his shot, which is actually underrated. He can wire things. He is an elite passer. He knows how to reload, create speed differentials, how to attack two checks, to suck in multiple defenders to free up options for him, and to move pucks into the area that is among the best that, that this player, this guy has actually seen. He can mm. really manage the puck very well, and this is his strong suit. He's also very good on the power play. And this is from oh, yeah. Montreal Canadiens development coach Adam Nicholas. So it's high praise indeed. Um, oh yeah no he um it's it's truly um because i i was um abroad last fall i only covered the team in the spring and i did know that sean would probably be leaving us at the end of the year and so every time he like the top line was on the ice i made sure to especially during the power play anytime our first power play unit was out it was really like rather than analyzing the hockey I tried to enjoy it as much as I could because um the those boys are were very very talented and it was really something special to watch out there is there a risk and and you obviously risk averse working in in math science that he becomes sort of a power play player where where maybe you see him more on the power plane than anyone else I don't think so our top line our top two lines uh the second line being led after he came back um, from injury by our other captain, John, Fer- one of our other captains, John Farinacci, who was prospect of the Coyotes, but is um, opting into free agency in 10 days. Those two lines played far more than our bottom two. Even so, Sean, Sean topped 50 points. 50, yeah. I think he finished our year with 53 points. And in all of collegiate hockey, he was in the top, I think ended up in the top four people or players with uh, average points per game. That being said, those 53 points didn't all come from a power play at all. He was very well versed in every different component of the game, whether it be defense, whether it be offense, power play, power kill, breakaways. The kid, he's like, I, I can't say enough about like how much I'm going to miss watching him next year. Well, there's a the TV, you know. Oh, yeah. No, I told I when when he signed professionally, um, I'm a big Bruins fan myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I texted Sean and I said, I'm a huge Bruins fan, so I can't root for the Habs, but I'll always root for you um, because I'm just so excited to see all the places he'll go. Yeah. We, we all have that, you know, player that we always root for, even if they're in the wrong, wrong team. Right, so, exactly. So, so, so there is that. Do you think his college career translates well into NHL in regards to that question where will he become a power play specialist at NHL level? Or do you think he has an, the same kind of trajectory and 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 confidence to play all zones in 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 NHL as well? I think that that is kind of going to be relative to how he stacks up 
when I, I, I think he's going to have to prove that relatively speaking in the NHL, I think, um, co- I mean, in any player development, coaches are going to make the call that they think benefits the team the most. I think he certainly has the capabilities to be more than a power play, um, just kind of player. But like if um, even I know it's not the NHL, but when he was uh, representing Team USA in the Olympics, he led the team in um, points. I think he had a hat trick in one game. Um, maybe I, I think he had a hat trick. That's a big asterisk. I know he had like three goals, three assists, I think, um, overall. But um, and he, he performed well at Worlds, too. I think he totally has the capabilities. It will just be if he can utilize them and it's kind of up to Sean. And if from what I know, as Sean is a player, I know that he will try to put himself in every opportunity to be more than a power play player. We will look at it. Uh, I've asked my, my colleagues at Ice on the Price and, and most of us think that he will end up in the AHL, partly because of the waiver situation, partly because of, of at least everyone is going to start injury-free this time in, in, in NHL. Right. And obviously it also means that you showcase players for, for possible trades down the line and you don't want to trade Sean Farrell. We know that. So so you showcase the one on, the, on an expiring deal. What kind of expectations would you have as a Habs fan? And I'm sorry, you have to be a Habs fan for about five minutes now. Uh, <laughs> but if he goes to the AHL, what kind of point production, what kind of system, what kind of trajectory should we look for? Yeah, so um, I have to admit that I'm not as well-versed with the Habs prospect pipeline as I should be. <laughs> um, so relatively speaking, um, I know that he's high within um, the prospect list. So I assume if he goes to the, if he gets an opportunity at the AHL, um, they'll utilize him to the best of their ability. Um, and hopefully that means that he's on one of the top two, two forward lines. Um, I think that he, something about Sean is his point production, um, his assists always kind of outweigh his goals, which um, is kind of that, that is because as you have said multiple times during this talk, he's a playmaker um, and he knows how to set up his teammates. Um, And so I think that he'll really settle into his, um, Hopefully he'll set up into that role as said playmaker. I don't know what the Montreal AHL team is called. I apologize. Laval Rocket. They played in Laval for a few t- few years now. I think it's it's smart as well. Going off tracker and sorry to interrupt, but yeah. uh, but to have the t- team more or less in the same city as as, as your NHL affiliate, uh, I think it's a strong setup. You can. Oh yeah, that's that's what the Bruins do too. Providence yeah. is like an hour and a half away, not even. <laughs> 45 minutes if you're lucky. <laughs> um, but no, I think that um, Sean will make the most of any opportunity that he's given. Um, he's proven that he's capable of doing so time and time again from the Olympics to his um, his season in 2022 to his season in 2023 at Harvard um, and the Worlds. Uh, he will settle in and really be a contributor. Um, He's got a really exciting future ahead. And um, I don't know, Habs fans should be really excited about this one. Well, we all we, we already are. And, and he's 15th on, on the top 25, under 25. And, and that includes the NHL players that are under 25. So, so that's, oh, that's, um, that's and, and uh, 
two, I would say, first round picks than in the last two years. We mentioned the Olympics, we mentioned the Worlds, and sometimes we think that it might not matter as much for me growing up because I'm so old, so so I remember <laughs> the Russian Five. For for me, the Worlds was always a big thing because we didn't have you know NHL coverage. Right. On that note, how important was it to get into and and maybe play against these? How should we say second division pro players? Yeah, no. Um, another thing that's really cool about the Worlds this past year is not only was Sean selected to be on the team, but his other partner of his dynamic duo, Matthew Coronado, was also on the team. And um, they played on the same line for most of the time at Worlds. And Team USA, if I'm remembering correctly, went undefeated in the pool rounds, um, lose it, ending up losing in the bronze medal match, um, which was so disappointing after such a strong performance earlier. Um, but it was well against as, Latvia, though, so everyone else was supporting Latvia. Oh, yeah, because that, that was their first medal in the Worlds, right? Yeah. So that That's fair. Um, I, I'm i a little selfish there. <laughs> <laughs> we all are. <laughs> yeah, and uh, not only were the two of, not only were Coronado and Farrell on this roster, but so was um, last year's captain, Henry Thron, from Harvard. So, um I think that it was really cool for Sean and Matt um, and Henry to all kind of have this experiments with two of their other teammates and have the exposure to play amongst second tier professional uh, NHL guys. Um, and I think that it's, I mean, they all, they all, all three of them also had a very good tournament. If you look into their stats and like look into their, um, like how they're plus minus they all they all did very well um and so i think that it probably gives all three of them confidence going into um these next professional years for them um as it should <laughs> one player that was on that team as well we we have to mention it is is obviously one of your other rivals and double rival maybe now uh lane hudson because uh, boston university oh yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you say a few words about how, how it is as an opponent to watch Lane Hudson? Oh, yeah. No, he is nasty. Um, we play BU. Surprisingly, BU is not on our um, our schedule this year. But one thing about that BU team is they always come ready to play. We play in the Beanpot tournament every mm -hmm. year. Um, and it, I, I call it like the kind of mid-season, it, it's a little past mid-season, mm -hmm. but it's really a preview to playoff hockey. Um, this year, we ended up losing in double overtime shootout to um, Northeastern, led by Devin Levi of now the Buffalo Sabres. Um, but it's, um, Lane Hudson is, he's the real mm -hmm. deal. Um, and every time we go into a BU, BC, Northeastern game, rel even if it's not necessarily the Beanpot, as a reporter, that's when me and my co-beat writer will both come to the game because not only are we excited to cover it, but we're both excited to watch as hockey fans as well. Because relative to the other ECAC teams in our division, I mean, Quinnipiac just having won the Natty, they're very legit, always have been, always will be. And so is Cornell. But when you get to these like hockey East games, 
you're excited because it's going to be some of the best hockey of the season. And all of you um, kind of brings that. And Lane Hudson, really great leader among that group. Leadership qualities, not, maybe not the ones we hear about most in, in, in regards to Lane Hudson, but great, great yeah. insights. <laughs> we, we, we don't see that much. And you should be happy not to play BU maybe on the schedule this year because uh, Tom Villander coming in uh, from, from Sweden is going to be a stud as well. I'm excited to hear that. Maybe we won't, hopefully we'll get a bid somehow to that NCAA tournament and who knows what happens there. Bridget. Thank you so much for, for joining me and sorry for me being late, obviously. Oh, no worries. I uh, want to give you a shout out. Uh, you, you have your Twitter handle. handle. Uh, yeah. You have no, your Twitter handle ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's at Bridge Sands, B-R-I-D-G-S-A-N-D-S. Um, and yeah, I will, I'm here back for the entire season of, entire season of this upcoming collegiate season and uh, definitely will be active on Twitter. Um, especially for the Beanpot, which actually we might end up facing BU um, in that tournament. But as of now, I don't believe they're our first round. Always excited to talk about any of the guys and Sean, he's a great one. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.